The views expressed in the following podcast are those of the hosts, and not necessarily those of our sponsors, Trek Radio, or Krypton Radio. For more information please visit StolenDroids.com, and then there will be cake. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 77. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zoo. Um, welcome everyone, it's nice to have you We're actually going to get to the sponsors right off the bat So we don't have a repeat of last week First off, shout out to our friends over at TrekRadio.net and CryptonRadio.com Stitcher.com and OpenBookAudio.com um, One of the reasons is I it, want... Go ahead say, Isn't Krypton Radio going to air us a second time of the week now? That's actually what I was going to bring up now um, Currently you can hear us Fridays at 4pm Pacific Time on Tuesdays at CryptonRadio.com but they are now giving us a second time slot Saturdays at 4pm as well. So in case you miss us on Tuesdays, um, you can now catch us again on Saturday. They love does us. That, does that mean we're big time now? I think it is, because we've also, in case you didn't catch us on Facebook for the announcement, we are now rated in Stitcher's Top 100 Technology Podcasts. So go we're give us some thumbs ups. So and uh, we're rated like one thousand three hundred something overall, but considering there are over ten thousand podcasts on that service, I uh, I think that's okay. I think we're still doing all right. We're in the top percentage. I don't know which percentage because I suck at math, but <laughs> we're in the top one hundred percent. What's the percentage? <laughs> we exist. That's right, Schmitty. <laughs> Yay, existence! <laughs> all right. Um, in case you missed it, shame on you. We had an awesome interview with Kristen Nedipak earlier this week. Um, has already aired on a few services and will air again, uh, I'm pretty sure. And if not, you can always catch it at StolenDroids.com. Uh, she was a joy. Zoner and I had the chance to uh, to interview her, and she was just wonderful. She she was probably, I, I think that she is definitely one of the most friendly, kind people that I have encountered on the Internet. Um, has the restraining order gone to affect yet? No. I mean, she, she was... She, I got I got time. <laughs> I, I do believe, however, that that, that interview um, has the record for most eeps I've ever had to put in. So many that I missed two. So uh, apologies if you're listening to it and going, "Whoa, what?" Yeah, that that um, it, the interview took a took a turn that I didn't quite expect. Well, but you know, when we're talking about infomercials, it's bound to happen. It, it really is. But yeah, she—you're right. She was absolutely um, delightful to to interview, and you know, hopefully, we we can have her be a friend of the show in the future. One of the eeps was timed so well that she says she likes making sheep. <laughs> I make sheep. Who doesn't? Okay, now last week we did not have any feedback, and we were sad pandas. Ooh. Um. It was really, it was kind of awkward. Uh, this week we have feed- feedback. Yay! Feedback comes from Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, Sad Pandas, but I can't give much feedback this week as I don't have much time for TV. Although I must admit the new show Revolution may force me to change that in the future. So Mike wrote us feedback to tell us he doesn't have time for feedback. <laughs> you know what? He still the Revolution looks really still awesome. Shows that that he cares. So. <laughs> And actually, yes, Revolution does look very awesome. Off, uh, uh, awesome. 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 Yeah, I said think the... about well. No, <laughs> awesome pilot. is like is like a cross between it's awesome and awful. It's like anything on the CW. Like Pilot of Revolution up on Hulu.com right now. For, oh, you do don't they? Have, don't have to have an account. You yeah, just go I, I watched watch it. it. 
it's pretty good. I, I have actually, in fact, I just added that to my TiVo, got a season pass. I'm going to give it a chance, and, you know, hopefully it doesn't disappoint. And my concern, though, with that, like so many other NBC shows, Heroes, I'm looking at you, um, <laughs> really good first season. They start out then, really strong. And then just complete disappointment from there on out. Yep. It's kind of like this, hey, you know what? This is doing really, really great. How can we make it do better? Let's retool the whole thing. Yeah, it's almost like they felt the pressure so much that they tried too hard. Yeah. Um, into uh, corrections from last week's show. Our leading uh, headline last week was about Bruce Willis and his legal battle against Apple. Turns out it was fake. Um, that was a hoax. Ow! However, even in the light of it being a hoax, a lot of people have been saying, okay, but that's still an interesting legal question. It's like, a legitimate question, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> even though people have all were all caught by it, at the same time, no one's feeling really bad because they're all turning around going, but now wait a minute. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, and finally, before we get into the headlines, I want to bring this up. I'm a little bit late to it. Um, uh, an issue that's kind of near and dear to me. Um, Blackberries? No. We, um, my family supports something called the CMTA, the Charcuterie Tooth Association of America. Uh, this month, September, is uh, National CMT Awareness Month. Uh, so I'd just like to give a shout-out. Uh, if our listeners are interested, they can go check it out at cmtausa.org. Uh, it's a neuromuscular disease that my family actually uh, deals with, both my wife and my daughter. Uh, it affects 1 in 2,500 people. It's the most common inherited neuropathy, and no one knows anything about it. So uh, this month, uh, we encourage everyone to get aware. Go ahead, check it out. Google it. Wiki it. We're all geeks. We know how to use the Internet. I remember the first time you told us about this. I kept thinking, country music? What? I, you know, and I it really was. I still oh. think that every time you tell us about Well, you know, we, we learned something new. Uh, we... You know, what's ironic is the fact that she still actually suffers from country music television as well. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter is suffering from it, too. <laughs> amazing how fast that happens um but no it is it's a worthy cause we're not asking you to donate anything just it's awareness month go check it out cmtausa.org um we'll provide a link to it in the show notes as well so and then if you decide you know that it's something that's worth your time volunteer donate do what do what tickles your fancy you can tickle fancies it's actually uh, something we're encouraging that went no never mind okay headlines <laughs> sausage <laughs> do not tickle sausages um or Duke. 800-pound <laughs> gorilla in the room. Apple had their event this week, their uh, iPhone launch. Uh, actually, just yesterday. Seems like so long ago. I know. It's old news now. Yeah, it is old news. <laughs> they uh, announced the new iPhone 5, uh, some more features of iOS 6, the new iPods, and the new iPod Nano. We're going to start off with the phone here. Eh. Way to go out on a limb, Apple, and do something completely risky. I mean, it's got to take serious guts to put out the same phone five times and <laughs> sell it for more each time. Technically, this is They're the sixth. Yes. Uh, and and to, uh, to their credit, it's actually the same price. They've sold the iPhone for the same price every time. Which is impressive that every year they can bring out with a moderate improvement. And I say moderate because it is moderate. But keep the same <laughs> price. Now, there is an interesting article on Gizmodo where they point out the fact that Apple would be stupid to try and overhaul the whole phone. Because it sells. It sells millions upon millions upon millions doing what it does. 
And Apple isn't out to make the greatest phone in the world. It's out to sell phones. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, we'll run over the stats here real fast. It has the new A6 chip, which is supposed to be much faster. It has a much larger battery. It has LTE, just like every other phone in the world now. Yay. It has a 4-inch screen. Not quite 16 by 9, but close. Uh, the screen itself actually uses a new technology, so it's much thinner. It looks like an OLED, but it's not. It's still LCD. Um, and otherwise, oh, new dock connector. Big whoop. Now, isn't it like <laughs> slightly smaller and weighs slightly less, it too? It does weigh less. It's thinner. Um, and I think it's now the thinnest smartphone out there. No, yeah. no. Some the Droid Razor is like 0.6 millimeters thinner. Now, I was going to say, there was an article the other day that I saw online about how packages for products keep getting smaller and smaller, but the prices stay the same. Mm -hmm. the same <laughs> well, it's thinner, thinner, not necessarily smaller, because the overall footprint is larger. And So your question is, is do you want an Apple, or do you want a Moto Razor? 0.6 millimeter difference, and you have to deal with Moto Blur. And speaking of the overpriced accessories for it, I noticed that they, they that all of your past accessories are not going to fit in the new iPhone five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they do have the adapter now with it for the uh, the smaller pin connector. I don't really yeah. blame them for that, though. I, I don't. There, uh, an act, an article actually came out a, today. They're, they're going to get the Kool Aid drinkers on that. Yeah. Oh, they're going to get paid. They're going to make at least a hundred million dollars from the new uh, dock cables. I mean, selling them at I think thirty bucks a piece, and they're going to make a fortune. Hundred million bucks. That's a lot of money the off a freaking the adapter. Is, the thing is, and here's, and I'm not necessarily defending Apple, but it's like, you know, you remember what happened when everyone finally went with USB standard over FireWire. Everyone's complaining about, it. oh my gosh, we now have to upgrade. We lose all of our FireWire compatibility. Yeah, but you know, what? it happens. When it does. Docks change. And considering they've Technology had the same dock now for the last four years, it's not bad. They're just now changing it. Um, so I'd, I'd, it kind of sucks if you have a lot of accessories, but frankly, if you had a lot of those accessories, they weren't going to fit this new phone anyway because it's shaped differently. So, One of the specs I think that was least interesting to me that you didn't bring up was the uh, 720p front-facing camera. That is interesting, isn't it? And yeah. it now does FaceTime over cellular. Yeah. Which um, FaceTime, if you're not familiar with it, it's like it's face-to-face -face video, like video Skype. The only difference being is that Skype um, does not work well over cellular. We like Skype. We use Skype to record the show. But uh, if you're using it from a cellular phone to a cellular phone and you try and do the video, it's not happy. Uh, whereas Apple's FaceTime, because they own all the servers and you're only going from an Apple to an Apple, much better. One feature surprisingly lacking, NFC. That's yeah, that was one of the rumors that we... That was one of the rumors that we definitely thought was going to be added, and... Well, no, we weren't the only no ones. Everyone thought so. The new iOS 6 is coming out, and it has what's called Passbook, and it's like a digital wallet, and boarding pass, and can carry all your loyalty cards. It basically, it's a digital wallet. And every other phone that has a digital wallet also has NFC. NFC is near-field communication. You can tap your phone to, like, those pay pass things, and it just pays. It just It's like a card. It's like swiping a card. And so why Apple would introduce that function into the OS, but not the capability into the hardware, is really confusing. Hmm. So it's a very um, evolutionary step. It's a very slight step up. It's not oh. bad, 
It's just well, the eh. the the question is with that Zook is what would Steve Jobs do? He would have sold it a lot better. <laughs> well, if he was alive right now, he'd probably be saying, "Help, get me out of this coffin." Yes, this is true. Um, I think it's he would. Dark. Be, I think he would have been upset by it. I honestly do because I think that um, all they've done is barely kept up with Android. Yeah, they didn't show anything that really put it heads and shoulders above Android or even Windows Phone Eight. The phones that are coming out for Windows Phone Eight are already matching this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing really revolutionary that I see here. Mm-hmm. So now Apple, of course, does have one thing in its corner that it can do at every press conference that no one else has been able to figure out. We know when it's launching. We know how much it costs, and we know which carriers are going to have it. <laughs> True that. Yeah. Go fig. Um, iOS six also launching. No one really seems to care because it's still inferior now. What? 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 Oh, never mind. I, and I know that sounds like I'm baiting trolls, um, but I say this as the only member of the podcast who actually had iOS devices, and I liked them. I used them. They were very handy. They were very good, and it's just been left in the dust. They, iOS 7, if they don't overhaul its UI, they've missed the boat. Yeah, I, I mean, you gotta, you got to move on. I agree. Yeah. Give us something. Give us anything. Um... Go Daddy. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. No, Go Daddy. Oh my gosh. So Go Daddy decided to um, kick the bucket this week. <laughs> that was a veritable nightmare for us. Yeah, I, th- I think every everyone I know was affected. Well, and the, what this, what surprised me is that I'm surprised that a lot of people were still using Go Daddy after the big SOPA and Pippa protests. Well, and the thing is, is that, um, okay, so GoDaddy's services went down, and you're thinking, oh, that's fine, well, my site isn't hosted by GoDaddy. Like, for instance, Stolen Droids. Stolen Droids, we purchased the domain name through GoDaddy. We do not host with them, so that should be no big issue, right? However, even their DNS servers went offline. So, if you had a domain name whose DNS was registered through GoDaddy, it was offline. Their SSL services were offline. So if you have a site with signed with an SSL by GoDaddy, it was suddenly unavailable. Their exchange services and their, their mail services were also down. So if you relied on their mail services for your business, that was four hours that you didn't have mail. <laughs> you didn't have mail. You didn't have a website. You probably didn't have an internal internet. Uh, now, Stolen Droids is protected by this because we actually outsourced the DNS through like two other companies. Uh, both for protection and for caching to speed up the serving of the of the page, so we were okay. But uh, a lot of my clients were not. <laughs> yeah, it got ugly real quick there. Yeah, did they ever say what really had what really happened? Or they just I, I, said it was something internal. Well, they they yeah, said they, that they, they weren't claimed, hacked. Yeah, they claimed they weren't hacked, even though there was some random anonymous anonymous that was claiming they did hack them. And now we don't know if they really did or not. Which is, which is when I when I saw this, I kept wondering, haven't we talked more in the past that there should be a there should be like a law or a guideline or something like that that says if you really were hacked, you have to be truthful and honest about it instead of sweeping it under the rug. Sounds I mean, familiar. I, I know. We, I yeah. know we t- touched upon that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Now, um, GoDaddy did try and make nice on it. Um, 
So if you recently purchased a domain name, uh, the the price of cost is now a dollar, and they they're giving everyone an extra month of service for free. Yeah. Well, in order to do that, they they've sent everyone an email that's uh, that's a customer, and you do have to click on a link in that email to uh, redeem the credits for that. Um, so it's 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 not a passive credit. You actually have to go get it. <laughs> yeah, so. it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. No. Yeah, they, they could have done much worse. So at least they like admitted that there was a problem, unlike other companies we've discussed in the past. Indeed. Okay. Um, no, not, not indeed. I mean, that's a good website. I haven't had any problems with them. I was talking about Sony. <laughs> Indeed.com. If you need a job, you know where to go. I'm Indeed. Gonna, I'm going to see if I can buy that from GoDaddy. <laughs> you need a no, job? I, <laughs> I did recently let our other domain name Elite751 lapse. Oh, did you? Crap. Yeah, well, Elite750 went away too, so. We killed another company. That one wasn't hard. We're like. <laughs> <laughs> We really do hold the fate of companies in our hands, don't we? I'm trying to figure out exactly what we want your company to survive. You better start sponsoring us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, If you're wondering what we're talking about, um, let's see. Elite 750? Yeah, it was uh, podcast episode number 18. A long time ago. Yeah, July 29th of 2011. We're Uh, taking a trip in the Wayback Machine. Yeah, uh, the Elite 750. we, We brought it up. And then, didn't we buy uh, Elite 751? Yeah. And and I just now let it lapse, so. (laughs) Okay, um, so a lot of people have been getting a lot of spam from their friends. A lot of it, yeah. A lot of it. Like, um, not me, for whatever reason, but I look at my wife's inbox, and her spam box is just full. And it's all from people we know. Uh, And it turns out it's from a security hole in Facebook. Oh! Oh! Ooh, yeah, they were using people's friends lists to spoof and spam everyone else. Uh, they say they fixed it, but uh, it was pretty effective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, They even uh, Facebook's official response is not very... Um, it doesn't really build a lot of confidence here. Uh, quote, Recently, we discovered a single isolated campaign that was using compromised email accounts to gain information scrapped from friends lists due to a temporary misconfiguration of our site. End quote. <laughs> That's only one sentence. And in that one sentence, spammers grabbed all this information from people who didn't secure their email because we didn't set something right on the site. <laughs> There's a lot of fault in that sentence. Uh, yeah, there there really is. But, you know, people ought to know by now, Zuckerberg, I mean, yeah, he knows how to get people to sign up for his site by the billions, but dude's not very good with protecting privacy and stuff like that. Nor does he really care. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 got, his, he got his money. What's it matter to him now? <laughs> You know, to be to be fair to him, though, not a lot of developers do offhand. It's it's kind of one of those things you learn as you go, and and I I say that humbly as a developer myself, having having had to learn that self that stuff as I go. So it it is it's it's not one of those things that you just that you learn right off the bat. So 
You have to kind of learn it the hard way. Yeah. They definitely learned it the hard way. <laughs> definitely. Now, I didn't actually um, read this next one, so who wants to take it? All right, I'll take it. Uh, I posted it. Um, as you guys know, War- uh, Netflix is creating original content to go ahead and show on the live streaming. Um, Warner Brothers has actually been anti-Netflix on a, quite a few th- different things in the past. Well, apparently they've done a 180, and not only have they decided they want to get into the streaming video on-demand market and actually be able to go ahead and have some of their content on there, they're actually going to be working with Netflix to go ahead and create some original content for Netflix itself. Netflix is turning into your next HBO, is basically what's happening here. And they, they haven't said what they're going to turn into it, but Warner Brothers... You own a property called Babylon 5, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people would like to see that come back. Yeah, definitely. Nah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I was not a <laughs> Babylon 5 fan. You know, there were some really good episodes, and then there were some episodes I'm like, okay, if you didn't watch like the last two minutes of the 13th episode of Season 2, you're not going to understand what's happening in the first you know, twenty minutes of season of, of episode five and season five. You, you know, know, that's that's you know how far the arcs that? were from bad writing. Really, really far arcs, yeah. But uh, for for all for what it's worth, there was some really good episodes of Babylon Five. So, um, and then also speaking of Netflix, um, apparently in another ch- sign of change. Um, one of the cable companies is actually now advertising that, hey, you can get a better experience with Netflix through our cable internet. Instead of even pushing their television service over their their internet, they're not pushing their internet over their, ta- their cable uh, internet service. I think it's a sign that they're starting to realize where people are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's a very big sign, but what are they going to really do in the long run? Is it? I mean, they're trying to just get people to sign up for for one service, and probably it'll be bundled with another to get the price that they're offering. Yeah. Well, we're getting there, though. I think. I think this is a sign we're getting there that, that those companies are finally starting to get something. It's not really saying that it's got to be bundled here in the article. It's just they say, "Hey, the it's an actual advertisement saying, oh yeah, if you have Netflix, upgrade to our 50 MBS cable internet. You know, you'll get and, and yeah, you will get free TV service for a year if you if you upgrade to that, and that's what the actual advertisement says. You know, this is actually kind of smart. Um I'm going to flip around here. I'm going, to, I'm going to change my stance. It's kind of smart in a way that we have not seen from cable companies because a lot of cable companies are trying to hit you with out with overages and capping certain data types and whatnot. And finally, we have one saying, hey, look, you like this service, right? You like streaming Netflix? You like the cloud? You like all this? You could do it better with this faster internet service I want to sell you. And to sweeten the deal... I'll bundle it with a Netflix subscription or a, you know, a Hulu. The Netflix subscription doesn't come with it, but they, they did say free TV for a year, so I'm thinking their cable, their actual cable. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I'm all for faster speeds. My ISP, I've, I brought up before that we are on a local ISP, we finally just upgraded. They finally got a new system in place because we were all set one speed. I'm currently running at 55 megabits, and it That's... is glorious. Um <laughs> Minecraft runs so fast. <laughs> but um, 
but truth be told is yeah i'm all for i'm all in favor of anyone trying to push the faster speeds and they're, and they're pushing the internet more than they're pushing the TV. Right. The cable TV. Because so, they finally figured out that everyone's just getting their TV from the internet anyway. Uh, that's what we've been saying. Yep. Okay. Um, remember how last week we talked about all those Apple UDIDs that were compromised? Anonymous says that they got 12 million UDIDs from a stolen FBI laptop. Dun, dun, dun. And it's like, what? And the FBI's <laughs> like, we didn't lose a laptop, and we didn't have those... UDIDs anyway, and Apple saying, yeah, we didn't give them to anyone. Well, as it turns out, um, a company in Florida, a marketing company, uh, looked through all those UDIDs and compared them to what they had. They said, um, they're ours. They got oh. them from us. Okay. Uh, yeah, did, didn't they run them against an algorithm and it came back with like 98% of the devices were confirmed that came from their database. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and here's uh, Paul DeHart, C- and I'm quoting the article here, Paul DeHart, CEO of Blue Toad Publishing Company, told NBC News that technicians at his firm downloaded the data released by Anonymous and compared it to the company's own database. The analysis found a 98% correlation between the two data sets. Quote, that's a 100% confidence level. It's our data, DeHart said. As soon as we found out we were involved in victimized, we approached the appropriate law enforcement officials, and we began to take steps to come forward, clear the record, and take responsibilities for this. You know, which, and more power to him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. No one cares. The UDID is used to spoof phone services. However, with the new iOS 6 coming out, it's no longer dependent on UDIDs. So, if your UDID was compromised, all you have to do is upgrade to iOS 6 when it launches. <laughs> well, and if you don't, we it, we basically said that it wouldn't it wouldn't affect you anyway. They can't do anything with the UDID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not a huge deal. No worries either way. But you know, good on them for at least taking responsibility and saying it was us. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, also in flashback news, we talked a couple weeks ago about OnLive and their mysterious closing of doors, but not closing of doors, but firing everyone, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the wake of this, another company that I was not familiar with, um, I don't even know how, it's like Agwai? Agawi. Way, 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 oh sorry, that's the It Japanese stands for one. Any Game Anywhere Instantly. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's A-G-W-A-I. Yeah. No, it's no, A-G-A-W-I. Any game, anywhere. Oh, instantly. I... Okay. I, oh, I think you mistyped it in the notes there. Yeah. I did. I'm fixing it now. <laughs> okay, so uh, Agawi by Huawei. <laughs> <laughs> With ocean spray. And Akali Berries. Yes. Anyway, um, they are pledging full support for Windows 8, uh, specifically the ARM version of Windows 8 and Windows 8 tablets. Um, you know, I thought this was kind of newsworthy when I put it in the show notes, and now that I've said it... <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Sausage! You know, it's kind of interesting. We, we've, brought up, we've brought up streaming game services before. Um, uh, there was that, that Android powered one that that we spoke of a while ago and everyone's already forgotten about it but uh this one's kind of interesting um i i see it going both ways as far as uh, as far as on live is concerned it could either be an on live killer 
in in the sense that it takes over, or it's an on-live killer in the sense that people realize that they don't want streaming games. <laughs> because if you look at it this way, I was reading all the specs for Agawe, and um, one of the very interesting things about it is that unlike on-live, they don't they don't host the game on a server and, and play it on that server and then stream you the video. Agawi, ha- the, the game has to be programmed by the developer to work on Agawi's system. So that right there could kill it right before it gets out of the gate. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, but for me, I think on live service is a lot more promising, or, or that type of structure is a lot more promising as far as streaming games go. And that's my two cents. See, I, I don't know that I'm sold on the streaming of games yet, just because of the fact. I, I know we've I've I've talked about this before, but you know, if you're going to pay for a game, and, and I I guess that my point is more in line with, say, like the rental or not the rental, like Valve or Steam or whatever. Um, not Valve, Steam, where you pay for the game, but as soon as their servers go down, so do you. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I have a lot of issues with that. It, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way with movies. Um, I don't mind streaming for, like, like as a rental, but if it's something that I'm going to keep for a long time and watch repeatedly, I don't want to have to rely on a service to provide that for me. Because as soon as they go down, if I've paid for it, what good is it to me, you know? Right. I want to be able to play the game offline. I want to be able to have, uh, you know, be able to play the game where I don't have to be connected to the Internet. That's why one of the biggest reasons I don't like Steam. You know, yeah, I can watch movies on my Netflix, but I also still have and still buy DVDs and Blu-rays because there are times I want offline versions. I I want to have it even when the agreement with Netflix and the... The uh, movie company ends, and they can't show it anymore. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving in to other news because we got to keep going here. HP had uh, originally announced that they were going to be cutting around twenty-seven thousand jobs. Turns out they were wrong. They're going to be cutting twenty-nine thousand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of jobs. That really is. HP's kind of having a rough go lately, eh? Yeah, now, uh, is this worldwide we're looking at? This would be, um, yeah, it would be worldwide. It's roughly 8% of its worldwide workforce. Um, and you're like, well, 8% isn't a whole lot. Yeah, try and see see how many people you know. Do you know 29,000 people? That's like a city. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, That's the size it, of the city I live in. <laughs> the, that number is actually really huge in my mind when you say 29,000. But then when you just said that's like a city, it really kind of puts it into perspective. That is a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I hadn't considered that until you said that. I mean, 29,000, you hear these numbers, but, you know, what do they really mean? I don't know 29,000 people. That's like, if you think about it, too, because if, if you assume that one person is the breadwinner for a family... That is that would be the almost the equivalent of like half of Detroit shutting down with the auto industry. Yeah, which, yeah, which happened. Affecting, you know, that's not affecting just twenty nine thousand people. That's affecting almost eighty thousand people or more. Yeah, that's that's insane. 
Yeah, that's bad news there. We have nothing funny to say about that. We've ragged on HP in the past, and it's like, ugh, that's that's painful. Um, and happier news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is considered happy. G4, the, uh, G4 is the cable channel that uh, was originally Tech TV that I loved. I love Tech TV. Then it was rebranded into G4. It's being rebranded again. Into something completely different. Yeah, they're completely ditching what was left of the whole geek thing. Um, now, to be fair, G4 hasn't been really geek-oriented in a while. Been a lot of uh, WWW, WWE, Raw. Um, wrestling. A lot of wrestling, a lot of cops, a campus PD, um, a lot of uh, sex toy expos, and yeah, not a lot of anything else. I think really the only three shows they have anymore that geeks even care to watch are uh, uh, Attack of the Show, occasionally X-Play when they still bother to make it, and uh, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, well, they they are the ones that give us our E3 coverage, though. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that's the only ones they have anymore. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Venture Beat has an interesting article on what would we want in an actual geek channel. Star Trek. And I'm kind of, well, it says, okay, why not give an actual uh, television show to a podcast like The Nerdist? Uh, online shows like The Guild or uh, Geeks and Sundry could actually be brought out to a full-on TV show if given a TV budget. Um, actual competitions, like geek competitions. Old tech TV show like The Screensavers. You know shows that geeks actually like to watch, like old episodes of X-Files and, and whatnot. No one watches Cops. Bad boys! You know, I, I am convinced that in a, in addition to MASH, at some... at any given time during the day, somewhere in the world, there is an episode of Cops playing. Well, if you have Whoa. G4 in your lineup, it's playing <laughs> the entire day. <laughs> What you want? What you want? I I made the bad decision when when I got a TiVo. This was over a decade ago. Holy cow, TiVo! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're old. I, it, yeah, I I turned on the setting that that let it record things that it would think that you liked, and I made the mistake of recording one cops show. I came back. <laughs> I came back the next day. It had filled up my hard drive with cop shows. <laughs> Apparently there was a cop marathon going on that weekend. <laughs> I have that problem occasionally with Mythbusters when uh, Discovery Channel suddenly decides to do like a two two day marathon of Mythbusters. <laughs> well, like with the cops marathon that weekend, isn't that like every day, Schmitty? Yeah. Now, okay, so uh, G Four is run by I think NBC Universal. Is that one of theirs? I don't. No. If it's getting screwed up, sure. Yeah, why not? We blame them anyway. But uh, really the impression I'm getting is we don't want to bother marketing to geeks. Let them stay online. Well, you know, and that kind of goes back to what I've said before. They may tell us that we're cool, but we're really not. We're just not very marketable. Okay, um, into uh, City of Heroes. Yes, they're shutting it down. And a lot of City of Heroes players are not happy about this. I actually happen to know one personally, and I've been following some of his comments that he's been making for the last month about this on Facebook. 
and I knew about this protest ahead of time and uh, he, in fact he's one of the players that's in the picture there and they're trying to save the game they're trying to show look there's a large number of players playing this and so what they did is they were able to get 5,000 people at one point in time on the game to go ahead and stage kind of a rally to try to save the, the City of Heroes game did it work? No announcement's been made yet, So, but I'm pretty sure they're going to continue working on it. And you know what? If we happen to hear something of the positive, I'm pretty sure we will report it on the show. Wow. It's pretty impressive, too, if you watch it. It's, it's, it's amazing that they didn't crash the servers and put the service out prematurely. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be ironic? They're trying to keep the game <laughs> online and they bring it down. There's the support team going, okay, we'll just leave it down. Thanks, guys. But they did also have a petition of 16,000, you know, signatures saying, hey, keep this going. Okay, mm-hmm. wow. so uh, into other news, Shatner, the Shat, uh, he's been doing some documentaries lately. Uh, first one was on the captains, and it was all the captains of the Enterprise, uh, of Star Trek. And then the next one was called Get a Life, and it was about which, Star Trek fans. Which I saw in Vegas, and you know what, I, I swear I had stuff in my eyes when that when that one was was, was done. Now, um, he's doing another one, and you'll never guess what it's about. Is it going to be on uh, Rescue 911? No. TJ Hooker. uh, Okay, how about uh, Boston Legal? No. Um, Is it going to be Tech Wars? (laughs) Xena. The Malt malt Beverage? No, that's Zima. Xena Warrior Princess. Nice. He wasn't in that, unless he was like one of the toupees in the background or something. It, that's where he got. It his makes toupee. no sense whatsoever. Is anyone clamoring for a documentary on this in the first place? Xena fans, I'm sure. Well, you know, you got to remember. Like, I only watched a few episodes of Xena. I never really enjoyed it. It was it was okay for what it was. But that show was on the air for a very long time. So obviously people were watching it. You know it's got a fan base. I actually had a friend who bought all the seasons on DVD. And he like... When, when I found out that he had done that... I didn't say anything, but boy was he quick to... Oh, well yeah, I kind of like it. You know, He, he didn't want to... He didn't want to admit that he was a fan, but there are fans out there. I, it just confuses me. Though, you know, to be honest, I am kind of excited for the idea of him interviewing uh, Bruce Campbell. Ooh, that could be interesting. That would be interesting. Because Bruce Campbell's just awesome. He is. All right. Um... Let us all have a mojito in his honor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, HBO is greenlighting another uh, drama, fantasy. fantasy drama. Yep. This one I'm kind of excited about, actually. This one I'm very excited about because I've actually read one of the books in this series. I've read nearly all of them. I've read all of them except for the last one. Uh, it is Terry Brooks' Shannara series. Now, interestingly, um, they're jumping straight to the Elfstones of Shannara, which is not the first book. Nope. The, the first book is The Sword of Shannara, and that's the one I remember reading back in junior high. 
And uh, apparently on Terry Brooks's website, he says, yeah, we're going to go with the Elf Stones because we don't want to do Sword because it's too similar to Lord of the Rings. Who cares? Yeah, I'm like, I don't care. I, I want to see Sword of Shannara. I want to see... <laughs> I want to see... A, it, it's a quest. Dun, dun, dun. Who cares? <laughs> Make it good. <laughs> I've got news for you. If it's fantasy and it's been written in the last hundred years, it's already ripping off Tolkien. Yeah. Now, the only thing I'm really worried about is it is HBO, and I'm really worried, hoping that they don't go, well, you know... Game of Thrones is really popular because it's got a lot of nudity, nudity in it. Yeah, there's not there's a lot of not, nu- there's, there's not a lot of no people in, in the Shannara series. There's not a lot of people in the Shannara series, and they're all related. So I'm really hoping that there's not a lot of nudity going on. Uh, so, there. So, well, so, you know, please stay faithful to the source material and don't throw in nudity just for the sake of throwing in nudity. Don't there are the people though. There are people though in. Uh, Game of Thrones who are related. This is true. I saw the pilot. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, that's all I'll say, but there, there's families in that. Finally, getting in here, um, Star Trek Into Darkness. That's all I'm going to say. That's the title. I don't know what to think about that. <sighs> I'm. Mm. It's not Attack of the Clones. <laughs> True. <laughs> which, is, which could be the only wor- thing worse than this. But this is um, there's no punctuation in there. It's just Star Trek into yeah. darkness. The punctuation thing really kind of bothers me. Yeah. Should we go grammar Nazi on him? We could. Wouldn't matter. They're sticking to it. I don't but know. I don't like it. Tron two. I mean, they stuck the two in there and re- in lieu of an actual letter and they ended up changing that so maybe if enough people complain that they demand proper English from our from our film industry that mm-hmm. it'll get taken care of. Maybe. <laughs> we need that also from Toys R Us and Quickie Marks and we're we're gonna forego the fat uh, the uh, commercial break this week because uh we're, we're running low on time, and we have an interesting uh, talking point I want to get to. But we haven't really done our commercials for a while. So, again, thank you to TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com. Okay. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Did we, did we miss anyone there? Into our fast lane. All right. Remember how we told you how to secure, to secure your Wi-Fi? Uh, it turns out it's been ruled that you are now not liable for someone else do- downloading porn on your connection if you didn't know. So go ahead, unsecure your network, and claim ignorance. <laughs> A set of thieves tried to knock over an Apple store by driving their own BMW through the gate. They almost couldn't get it out. Uh, they got stuck inside. They left the license plate inside. So now we know what type of people, bu- uh, what type of people buy Apple products, and we know what type bother stealing it. Stupid ones. <laughs> All right. The Australian military is warning its servicemen about making friends, especially the busty kind, on Facebook. Turns out that many of the accounts used to friend Allied military forces have been traced back to Taliban spies. Here's hoping they didn't send any of them in any of those any of those pictures and the Collins online dictionary has added a few new terms to their database including such popular words as amazeballs frenemy and bridezilla one word describes this amazeballs <laughs> have they redefined sausage <laughs> see stolen droids <laughs> amazeballs 
If that's not a title for a show, I don't know what is. <laughs> I, I think that would be an Amazeballs title, actually. Amazeballs it, into it, darkness? <laughs> no. Um, okay. <laughs> we, we need why, to, why do I all of a sudden feel really dirty? We need to get into this talking point, because I get a feeling we're going to be talking for a while on it. Um, a little bit of backstory. We joked about, I want to say either last week or the week before, the Bic Pens for Her. Uh, it was a, a, a product that was taken out on Amazon, and people were just mocking it endlessly. Pens for her. How stupid can you get? Well, this week, Evernote, which is actually a really good piece of software that I use all the time, announced Evernote for her. And is it y- strong enough for a man? And yes, it has the lighter, you know, it has the light color pastels. It has softened edges. The aesthetic looks a little bit different, and, and it really wants show you how it can really help a woman's lifestyle and everything. And I'm thinking, how ridiculous is this that we need software, quote, for her? And then I suddenly had a moment going, but what if it works? Now, full disclaimer, okay, full disclosure, I'm all for women's rights. I don't really like to pander to any one demographic, be it by religion, uh, race, uh, sex, affiliation, whatever. I think it's really cheap to pander to it. But on the flip side of that, and I really hope we don't get any hate mail out there from our female listeners, all two of you, um, it works. Okay? 60 years ago, they used to you know, the the Cadillac, introducing the new Cadillac, a car so easy to drive, your wife can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is kind of what I want to talk about. Is this sexist or is this making things more accessible? Because yeah, a car is so easy, your wife can drive it. Well, no, duh. We're we're in our enlightened twenty first century now. Of course, women can drive. But back then on one hand you had the women some of the women who really did believe oh hey look no no it's not scary anymore I can drive it the guy on the TV told me so are that women reminds- still scared of techno are women scared of technology now or something some are is that what they're trying to say well there's guys who were scared of technology too there's I mean there, there are people I go to help and I go to fix their computer and they just go yeah I, it's a box you fix the box and then and I, it works for me you know and and I don't think any less because the guy can fix a jet airplane engine and I can't. Right. But no, some women are still scared of technology and I'm not saying men aren't. But so my question is, is like, is this pandering for marketing or is this an attempt to make it into, make it accessible? And even if this specifically isn't one or the other, does this type of marketing do that? Does it like marginalize women or any particular demographic or is it an actual intelligent way to finally try and level the playing field. You know, I, I actually posed the question to some females out there, and it, it the majority of them seem to think, you know, hey, I'll buy something if it's pretty and pink and, you know, looks nice with my nails and my outfit, as long as they're not just telling me that, you know, this is all that it's good for. You know, it... it they they want it. They don't want to be dumbed down. They don't want to be insulted as it as it uh, as the marketing happens. And Dell actually did something like this a few years ago. Uh, they came out with their own Della line, um, which was basically pink computers for women. 
And some of the benefits that they had were uh, ranging from being cute to doing more than just sending emails. And a lot of the women were really unhappy with the site, which got taken down and was a complete failure within just a matter of weeks. They tried it again, though, a couple, like a little while later, when they had their their minis, their um, their netbooks, uh-huh. and they had a whole female appropriate color line that matches your purse or or because you know you remember the old mini eights or mini nines were small enough that they could fit in your purse mm-hmm. it, it was a small laptop that you could carry around in a purse well in this huge honking thing uh, and it's like uh, i i'm not a woman i can't say and even amongst women there's so many different points of view there's the hardcore one side that say no, no, anything like that is completely demeaning, it's absolutely horrible. And the other side go, no, I'm I'm okay with it. So, you know, I I think from what I gather, as long as the marketing is not basically dumbed down, women seem to be fine with it. I mean, I sure I'll buy a blue phone if it looks cool or whatever, you know, if it matches my pants. If I was that kind of guy and actually cared but um, you know women they they like their stuff to match I mean my mom has a different purse for every outfit you know of course she works for uh, and, a purse company but and seeing here I'm sitting there going going we're in really bad territory right now we are marginalizing them right now but I don't know maybe we are we're not the problem is is that this marketing works yeah, well, it does my mom was actually thinking about getting the kids uh, an e-reader, her grandchildren, my kids, because e-readers are very convenient, and uh, my oldest is reading very well, my second oldest is learning to read, and my my third, I have a lot of kids, um, is really excited. She wants to learn to read. She's like, well, an e-reader would be perfect. And I said, well, not yet. They're not really kid-proof yet. It's simple technology. They They just haven't kid-proofed it. And kids can do a lot of bad things to technology. It, they can destroy it. She goes, okay, that's fine. Well, a couple months later, she sees an e-reader for kids. And immediately her mind goes, oh, well, hey, that's okay then. Look, it's an e-reader just built for kids. And No, all it was, it was the same e-reader with slightly larger buttons and better colors on the back. Wow. It was just different plastic. But it's that marketing. It works. It feeds to us somehow. And in that way, maybe it's not a bad thing. It suddenly said to her, in this instance, hey, no, no, this is okay. This is accessible. Look, it's not scary. It's not bad for kids. It's for kids. And in that way, maybe Evernote for women isn't scary to women, or or I don't know. I don't know how to take this. Yeah, I, I would think that it's, if I were a woman, which I'm not... But if I were, I would probably feel somewhat demeaned because why isn't the stuff that's good enough for the guys good enough for me, you know? Well, that's part of the reason I'm kind of concerned even commenting on this is because I'm not a woman. I don't know what... Well, no, we don't know, but we pretend to know. This is a show. we got to pretend. All right. (laughs) Yeah, we we definitely need more feedback on this but well i, I kind of go with what what zoner was saying he got some feedback related to it and uh it's it kind of seems like you know if it's, if it's not too demeaning it's it's okay with them because i mean they like to accessorize they like <clears throat> they like their phone to match with their purse or or whatever you know and and 
but as long as it's not too demeaning in in the sense of the words they use, I guess. Like, you know, well, so easy a girl could use it. I, 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 I would be crossing the line. I, I, I would, weren't we talking about software just a moment ago? So we're not like we were talking about a phone case. I thought we were talking about software. We're kind of talking about all technology, really. Well, it, okay. yeah, it, it's it's kind of an all-encompassing thing. Technology I, at the moment is still kind of a, a, a boys' club. You know, for better or for worse. We, we just tend to gravitate towards it a little bit more. Now, I know there's a lot of female engineers out there. I'm not saying women are dumb and they can't do it. But there is still a very large population of females who shy away from it. There's well, a I, gender gap. I, I couldn't do that. You know, that's just confusing. I'll just, I'll just let someone else do it. And in but, fact... Our generation is one of the first generations where, you know, before women used to look for men who could provide, or a man who made a lot of money, or a man who was good with cars. And recently, it's become a man who can fix compu- fix their computer. Which is why geeks are getting married and stuff. <laughs> um, but you know, actually, my wife, kind of along those same lines, my wife is very competent. She is a very smart woman. She's a registered nurse, which is something I could never, you know even hope to aspire to um but she whenever like even the slightest thing goes wonky with her computer i gotta fix it she can't log into google voice on her phone i gotta fix it you know i mean it's it's very simple stuff but i think that it i think that it does still pose an intimidating factor to certain individuals regardless of how intelligent they are it is kind of that whole oh it's a computer thing well i can't do that yeah i don't do that um but you're right it's kind of like this well if you were to turn around this is so easy a woman could do it oh um huh mm, well you know that actually reminds me of an episode of mad men which takes in the in the early '60s, uh, in one of the first seasons, one of the characters is showing off a typewriter to another character, and she's like, "Oh, don't be afraid. It's so easy. A woman can do it. You'll pick it up." <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, did people really talk? They did. did. I, I mean, remember seeing an old just... car commercial, and literally, this car is so easy to drive that when you go to the airport, you can let your wife drive it back home. I mean that just seems it's like so what, what? <laughs> me because I've never met a woman that couldn't do something that I could do. It it just baffles me. Yeah, but at the same time, now now before we 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 move into our favorites here because we do need to f- finish this up. I would like to point out one piece of technology that women have been faster to adopt than men and that might be a good argument in terms of just simple design. Pinterest. Okay? Before any guys I knew were on it, all the women I knew were flooding to this site and using it like crazy. And I've seen my wife use it, and it's not exactly the most intuitive interface. It's not a dumbed-down website in any sense of the word. So why did it appeal so much to them? Because mm. they can I, show... I, oh, I I'm not going to say that. I'll I, I beg to differ, because, I, I mean, didn't... Dig and Delicious come before Pinterest, and aren't they kind of the same thing? Nope. I maybe I just don't know that much about Pinterest then, because it, 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 to it's, me it seems like the same thing. It's not. It just, it's 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 the aesthetic of it. It's how they designed it. Functionality-wise, yeah, it might be similar, but when you incorporate the design, it's completely different. And that's just it. The only thing that really differentiates it from many other services that have tried this in the past 
is its design. Its design and how it's set up somehow, and in a way I can't really quantify because it doesn't appeal to me, but it did appeal to all the women I knew. It's a pretty sight. I mean, they've they've done a good job with it. Whatever they've done, they've done right. And so it really is a website for her, in a way. I mean, it's not. Anyone can use it, and other quote-unquote men, Sonner, uh, use it like crazy. Not like crazy. <laughs> but I will say, there's a lot of good food on that. <laughs> but you know and i'm not really ragging on you guys out there in radio land if you use it i mean it's fine i, I i'm only razzing honor but it, it is i think personally it's an example of a site that appeals to the other demographic only on its design not on its functionality not on anything else not even because it's pink and pastel and it's pretty only simply on its design and aesthetic well, you know, interestingly enough, there's a site out there called Gentlement, which yeah. is basically a Pinterest for guys. It doesn't have nearly the success or the name recognition that Pinterest does. Yeah, I believe it. We want to hear what your thoughts are on it. I know it's a touchy subject. I know it sounds like we're endorsing the demeaning of women, and we're not. We're really not. But it's it's a minefield, and we want to know what your thoughts are feedback at StolenDroids.com into our favorites. And oh, did we anger you? That's what I'm curious about. <laughs> We're you not... mad, bro? <laughs> <laughs> or sis? I don't know. <laughs> um, my favorite this week comes from our Vice President, Joe Biden. This picture made the rounds early this week. He uh, visited a cafe where a bunch of bikers were, and somehow he ended up giving one of the biker chicks a back rub whatever that's not the funny part the funny part of the picture is there's a biker on either side of him both of them look like they're ready to kill him and it's the most priceless i can't stop laughing at this photo and i shouldn't it's not that funny but when you look at it it's like the bikers want to tear him apart and they know they can't because he's the vice president well actually okay one of them looks like he wants to tear him apart the other one looks like he wants the next back rub but uh, go ahead, check out the, the article. It is funny. <laughs> okay, my favorite this week uh, is a video from Funny or Die uh, with Chris Kattan starring as Bane. I believe it's set seven years after the events in Dark Knight Rises, uh, where Bane is a telemarketer. It is pretty sad to show how far the mighty have fallen. Uh, dude can't even get a date, which is just pitiful. But it's pretty entertaining. Uh, he still has his vest if you're a fan of that sort of thing. So, yeah, check it out. All right. So my favorite is is that I, I am a big supporter of fan-organized projects, whether they be fan films or they're trying to restore something. Uh, we talked uh, – I know in the past we've done some support for the aerial ambulance from Firefly. Uh, there, there, we talked about the, uh, the, the the shuttle Galileo from Star Trek, the original Galileo shuttle being found and being restored right now. Well, another one that's currently been started up, and Larry Nemechek has, has really kind of talked about a lot of this this week, is that the fans are trying to restore the original bridge from the movie Star Trek Generations. As you know, at the end of the movie, it was completely destroyed. Paramount just kind of took the whole thing, just kind of scooped it out onto the street and left it sitting there, and some uh, basically some fans were able to go and get the original materials from that uh, set, including some of the stuff that was used in the television series, and they are now trying to rebuild it and actually make it so that it can be used by fans for future events. 
Um, it's my f- yes, yeah, your turn. <laughs> well, wakey, to- wakey. My favorite is the uh, it's it's a video on YouTube made by a guy uh, named Andrew M. He his channel is Andrew M. Films. He does a whole bunch of um, real life videos of of uh, video games and whatnot. And uh, in this particular video, I'm linking to is Roller Coaster Tycoon in real life. Um, and uh, I I used to be a huge fan of uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, I, I would still play it if it weren't for Minecraft. Uh, but uh, he he does a real life roller coaster tycoon where he builds the uh, theme park in a road, and he does all the fun things that we do in roller coaster tycoon <laughs> in real life. So check it out. Awesome. That is our show this week. Um, again, we want to give a shout out uh, to all of our friends: TrekRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com. If you have not heard our interview yet with Kristen Nedipak, please go do it. Is awesome. Uh, a good hour spent. You will laugh. You will cry. You'll hurl. Um, until next week. Cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day. Technologic.